Welcome back everybody, this is Eric and Barry from Moss Pawn and Gun, and today we have another Gun Gripe episode for you, and you know, we've been thinking about, you know, just different things that we can put out there in the way of Gun Gripes, and we figure a good one would be to talk about gun terminology. Uh, you guys probably remember our ghetto slang, or uh, uh, a gun slang, yeah, gun slang yeah. video that we made, that was a very early Gun Gripe where we talked about, you know, common ghetto slang and slang terms that are thrown out there for guns and parts of guns. Today we're going to talk about the proper names of parts of the gun and everything like that, so hopefully you'll glean a little knowledge from this video. Well, we're going to do a little terminology today about revolvers and semi-automatics, <clears throat> hammerless guns, what is a striker-fired gun, uh, things like that, uh, what the proper terminology for this is. This is, a, this is a drum. It is not a barrel. You know, people come in here, I need a barrel for my AK-47. Well, <laughs> what do you... Really? No, they no they won't they want a drum. So, yeah, and then of course one with two sides is a double a barrel. Double, that's a double barrel. Let me get one of those double barrels. Of course, again, that's ghetto slang. This is a double action revolver, Smith and Wesson. You can either cock the hammer, single action, or you can just pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. Now this is an exposed hammer gun. This did you see the hammer on this gun? This is a, a remake, a beautiful remake of a Smith & Wesson Sentinel model they made years ago. This has a hammer, but it's inside the gun. If you take the side plate off, the ha you can see the hammer inside. So it still has a hammer. Right. It's not a striker fired. It still has a hammer that swings. This gun also originally has a grip safety here. If you're not gripping it properly, it won't fire. Correct. The only way to fire this gun, though, is to pull the trigger. But this gun was made where when you put it in your pocket, and carry it in your hip pocket like that, it can't snag when you draw it. If you try to draw this gun out of a hip pocket, it can hang on your pocket, and I've seen a lot of guys yank this and they catch like that, and they're going to fly out of their hand. Mm -hmm. So when you draw a gun like this out of your pocket, just put your thumb over the top of it and give it a little shield. But this is much easier to do that. One other option that you have on revolvers like this, anytime the hammer is exposed, you can bob the hammer. Right. Um, Really, it's uh, quite simple. You just take the side plate off, remove the hammer, and you can bob it so that it won't catch. Now, when it comes to terminology, there's a ton of different uh, things that get thrown out there with wheel guns. I mean, people call them wheel guns, revolvers, you know, what have you. Uh, older guns were called lemon squeezers. You know, the older Smiths were. Um, there's a few basic terminology. I mean, of course, you have grip panels for the frame, the frame of the gun. Anytime you're dealing with the frame on a pistol, that's what's considered the firearm on a pistol is the frame where all the guts sit. All right, this area here is the side plate. All right, that that um, basically is the basically like the hood of the car. The side plate you take off and that's all your guts in there. This uh, cylindrical looking uh, object here is called a cylinder. Okay, this little lever right here that holds the cylinder this is called a crane. Okay, think of a crane. All right, you got your ejector rod right there. You got the barrel, you got the sights, you have the crane release that lets your cylinder swing open. All right. Pretty basic setup. Of course this is your trigger. Everyone knows what a trigger is. Uh, pretty basic setup. So again on gun terminology, the parts of these guns, you know, that have names, okay? Also on a revolver like uh, Eric was saying, this is the frame. Consi uh, imagine this is a car. This is your frame. 
and that's your VIN number, that's your serial number. Mm -hmm. This is what is actually the gun, it's the frame. All this other stuff is just add-on parts. Just like when you buy an AR upper, you don't have to fill out any paperwork for an upper. It's the frame where the hammer and trigger is, that's the part that you have to fill out a 4473 on. Correct. You can buy an upper all day long, just walk in here with the money and buy it and walk out with it. It's just a part. It is not a gun, it is a part. All right, so that covers revolvers. Uh, what we'll talk about next are pistols, all right? And a pistol, generally, when someone refers to a pistol, they are usually referring to a semi-automatic handgun, okay? You don't generally call a revolver a pistol. A revolver is a revolver and a pistol is a pistol, mm -hmm. okay? So, uh, Barry, why don't you show them the terminology on a pistol with their 1911 handgun? Well, let's, let's use the old John Browning favorite, the 1911. Empty here, this is a GI model made by Auto Ordnance. Now, Auto Ordnance still makes Thompson submachine guns, but they're only available for law enforcement. You got a seven shot magazine, your barrel, you've got a grip safety on the back. If you're not mashing that properly or holding the gun properly, the gun won't fire unless you're mashing the grip safety. Mm -hmm. it, has a, uh, it has a side safety. Uh, the, the preferred method of carrying this gun is cocked and locked. That way when you draw the gun, all you do is sweep the safety down and you can fire. Now, this gun is over a hundred year old design, so you have to remember that even though this was king of the hill in 1911, this may not be the ideal carry gun. That's going to get a lot of people. I used to carry one, I carried one of these 10 years. Every day of my life I carried a 1911. And then I started shooting Glocks in 1986 and I slowly gravitated to the Glock. It holds twice as many shots. It's lighter, more durable. You have to take care of this gun a little bit more and the lubrication of this gun is more critical than with a Glock. This is a fine gun. Don't get me wrong, a 1911 is a, is a beautiful design. This is, John, this is what John Browning is known for. This gun right here. This gun served the U.S. military for 75 years, nonstop. Oh yeah, can't go wrong with a 1911. No. So, uh, of course, the parts on a pistol a little bit different than a, uh, than a revolver, but at least on the pistol, I mean, again, you see you have a hammer external on the 1911, you still have a trigger, uh, you do have a grip safety, not unlike the grip safety that was on the other uh, Smith there. So, you're starting to see some similarities uh, amongst terminology. Talk a little bit about rifle terminology, and we're trying to keep this video kind of quick. This is a uh, Type 53 Mosin. And of course, anytime you pick up a rifle, you're going to generally see some uh, similarities in terminology across the board. This is what's considered a bolt-action rifle. Uh, what a bolt-action means is, of course, you have a bolt mechanism that literally, it gets its name because it looks like a bolt, all right? You know, up and back, that unlocks it and locks it. And that process is repeated every time you load the gun. Each shot, pow, you cycle, new round, uh, etc. Uh, of course, this is a stock. You got a magazine assembly and trigger guard, trigger, striker piece for recocking the gun or applying the safety. On a rifle, if I were to take the stock, action, barrel, everything off, you have the basic action can be considered the magazine, trigger assembly, bolt, and that is considered the action. That's what that whole assembly is known as, is an action. You have your barrel, your tangent sight in the rear, you have a fixed uh, bayonet that's on the rifle. Of course, uh, you know, anytime you put a knife on a rifle, it's called a bayonet. So just basic terminology, knowing the parts of the gun. 
Of course, on the back of the rifle, on the stock, you have a butt plate. It's called a butt plate because it's a plate on the back of the butt stock. This is called a butt stock. So again, simple rifle terminology, very simple. Okay. Anything else we're lacking? Well, let's uh, show them something a little newer. The good old AR. Oh yeah. You got a 30 round magazine generally, but you can get 5, 10, 20, 30 round mags, or you can use the drum, the uh, the uh, 100 round beta mag, you can right. use that with it. Now one thing of note on the magazines as well is that 30 rounds is the standard capacity magazine for an AR-15. Mm -hmm. This is not a high capacity magazine. 30 rounds is the standard capacity that's for an issue, AR. That's an issue magazine. It's an issue mag, right. correct. Now, on the AR you have the, uh, uh, you've got the collapsing butt, M4 style, you've got the forward assist. This lump right here is for left-handed shooters. When you shoot this off your left shoulder, the empties hit this and they bounce forward rather than going to your face. Correct. You got your barrel, four in, a magazine well. This is where you put the mag in the mag well. You got a dust cover to keep dust out of it. Uh, this is a uh, this gun has a uh, internal hammer. Make sure you uh, close that bolt. Internal hammer. There you go. Right here. You got your safety. It blocks your hammer. You can't move. Uh, you can clean your AR this way from the back end like you're supposed to do it. And that's the basic mechanism of an AR-15 or M16 type gun. This is not an assault rifle. Right. It is not an assault rifle. The media hung that on this gun because they're trying to demonize this weapon. That's right. Okay. Well, Barry, let's also tell them about the, the common misconception about 22LR ammo. Okay. Let's show them that. We're having a shortage of 22LR right now, and 8 out of 10 people that walk in that door say, give me a box of 22 longs. You got any 22 longs? Well, what they want is a 22 long rifle. That's what they want. But they call it a long, and they do make, they do make a round called a 22 long. You have a short a long, CB caps, there's all kind of 22. Yeah, a long is a specific cartridge. Right. That they are not interchangeable. Well, in certain guns, yes. I mean, a gun that is chambered in long rifle will generally fire longs, shorts, mm -hmm. or anything smaller than what it's chambered for, generally, as long as it'll feed from the magazine. Um, a good example is the Marlin Model 25, the way the magazine is designed. Mm -hmm. It'll feed anything through it. Calibris, shorts, CB caps, it'll feed longs, long rifle, great gun, the Model 25. So uh, hopefully this cleared up some of the misconceptions we get. Uh, we still need to talk about striker fire pistols, Barry. Right. So let's show them a striker fire. This is an SR9 Ruger. This, this was the first striker fire gun Ruger ever made. The P95, the P-Series, P89s, they all have external hammers. This gun is a striker fired gun. And it's the first one Ruger ever ever made. Now a striker mechanism, the way that it works, um, unlike a traditional hammer system where of course the hammer strikes the firing pin and sets off the cartridge. Well, this system has a trigger design that pushes a striker back and up and out and then it releases. It's an internal striker mechanism. So it's literally like a small mechanism with a firing pin and spring built in. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't have a hammer. The, basically the best way to look at it is it's a firing pin that is spring-loaded as opposed to a hammer which strikes a stationary firing pin. Okay, so basically 
that whole arrangement, the whole idea is that it's supposed to allow for fewer moving parts. Right. You know, less to go wrong. You don't have to worry about the hammer snagging on nothing. It allows the gun to be hammerless. So a striker-fired gun has a lot of virtues. Uh, there are a lot of older school people that think that you have to have a hammer on a gun. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a 1911 guy. I love a quality 1911, but I'm not opposed to a good Glock as well. Mm -hmm. There's not a day goes by a customer comes in and wants to buy a semi-automatic pistol. They want one with a hammer because they, they think that that is a more reliable gun. Right. Uh, but you take this Keltec P11 here. This gun looks like a striker-fired gun, but it isn't. The hammer, you can see the hammer here. And when you pull this long double-action pull, the hammer comes back and drops. So it's basically more like a double-action revolver right. than it would be a striker-fired gun. It is not striker-fired. Firing is this is like firing a double-action revolver. It's a long pull Correct. all the way back, a long stiff pull, and bam. Right. But this, you, when you fire this gun, you can see the hammer come back and fall. This and again, is this is also fire. why this gun does not have a safety as well, because right. the safety, you notice a revolver no doesn't safety. have a safety. Right. Uh, and that particular arrangement is so that the weight of the double action is so, supposed to serve as part of the safety. To fire this gun, you have to want to fire it, because the double action, like you said, is long, creepy, and I mean, it takes a lot of force. Right. Now, keep in mind, too, that all modern guns, Glocks, Springfields, Smith & Wesson, are, they're drop safe. If you drop this gun on the ground, it cannot fire. The trigger has to be all the way to the rear. That's with a Glock, with this gun. Now, 1911, people think that this is a safety notch. That's not a safety notch. John Browning designed that where if you were cocking it and your thumb slipped, it would stop. It wouldn't fire. This gun, you can actually carry it with a hammer all the way down because the firing pin does not protrude. It is an inertia pin. When the, firing, when the hammer hits the firing pin, it launches it forward and pops the shell, and then it springs back. This gun is perfectly safe to carry like this, and you just cock it when you want to fire it. This is not a safety notch. Never was intended to be. Now, I've known a lot of people that had accidental discharges with guns, and most of them were with this gun right here. Now, however, despite that fact, they can be dropped, and the inertia of it being dropped can make it fire. That's only minor downside on the 1911, which of course with the Series 80s and Series 70s, right. some of the later guns, they tried to correct that problem by integrating like uh, basically a firing pin stock right. into the gun and that seems to help some. But of course the original 1911 as it's originally set up is prone to, if you drop it, it can discharge. An old so. 1911, if you dropped it on the muzzle, it could fire from inertia. Right. But when it did, it was firing into the ground. Right. Okay. And John Browning was no dumbass. He no. knew what he was doing. No. That's a wonderful gun. Well, it's probably this, one of the best gun designs around, I mean, in history. This was all the Army's idea, the grip safety. John Browning didn't, didn't want this. In fact, on the 1935 high power, he eliminated that. Of course. Okay. Of course. But I know two people who shot themselves in the ass with one of these. How do you do that? It's real difficult, but two of them did it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that story. We'll, we'll talk about later. discharges and people getting shot right. in another video. Okay. But uh, for now, I know this video is a little long, but hopefully you cleaned a little bit of knowledge about gun terminology and just some of the things that make up a gun, you know, like all of these things. Um, so we appreciate you guys watching today, and uh, we'll have more gun gripes uh, coming for you in the uh, near future. Of course, check out the uh, new Real Men 8888 YouTube page. 
And uh, we'd love to have your uh, subscription. We'd have some you know, fishing videos in the pipeline for you. And uh, we appreciate you guys watching today. We sure do. Y'all have a good evening. Have a good one.